Hi, and welcome to She Geeks Out, a podcast where we geek out about all the things. I'm Rachel. And I'm Felicia. Slash afternoon, Felicia and Erica. Good hello, morning. Hello. Slash afternoon. Hi. <laughs> we are in Hi. all different sorts of time zones. I mean, let's be real. What is time anymore? <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's when you're starting to eat like three lunches before twelve o'clock. You know. Oh, that really. is real. Yeah, that is, that is real. That is, I don't even want to talk about what I did for breakfast this morning. I might, but we don't need to do that now. First, let's, <laughs> let's see, let Felicia, why don't we tell these lovely listeners who we are talking with? Uh, we're yes, talking we're talking with uh, Erica Cool today. So Erica, welcome. Yes. Hi, Erica, hi. Happy to be here. Erica's longtime community builder and, um, and consultant now. Yes. So yes. for all things community. So we would love to hear everything about what you're doing and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I spent nearly two decades at a small little company called Salesforce and <laughs> never heard of it. it. Yeah. Never I mean, who is Salesforce? But you know, ironically, but hey, look at that. A cue the cup, cue the mug. <laughs> um, when I started there, it was very, very small. In fact, I was the, the fact I like to say is that I was employee number 176. And when I left, um, I think I was employee number 48,000 or something like wow. that. So yeah, or well, <laughs> I'll always be 176, but yeah, that's some serious growth and, um, an amazing journey that I learned so much. Um, I realized not too long ago that my journey was very entrepreneurial. I didn't know that word until not that long ago, but it definitely defines my journey throughout my, my career at Salesforce, um, leading me to building uh, the Trailblazer community, which is a place where Salesforce customers and developers and partners go to learn, connect, and, and have some fun and give back in many different ways, including mentorship and foundational work. Um, and yeah, and then what I recognize and realize is that I wanted to level up other companies that have not recognized the value in, of community uh, with their companies. And so I took a step a big leap, big risk, and uh, stepped out of my role at Salesforce. And I'm giving all those playbooks and strategies and um, roadmaps and all the things in my brain to now other companies that want to recognize some of the value like we did at Salesforce with our community. Yeah, so that's, I've been doing that for a whopping six months and it's been a wild and amazing six months and I, I couldn't be happier about my decision. Can you share about what these six months have been like, especially given how things yeah. have just changed Shifted. so drastically. Yeah. yeah. Well, number one, I'm really glad that I leaned right into the momentum of me leaving. And I was deciding, and I heard many people say, are you going to take a break? You know, you've been at Salesforce for 18 years. That's a long ride. Do you need, need some time? And I just had never felt like a stronger uh, push when I left. Um, I wrote a blog and really that was it and put it out to the world. And it was like a flood of excitement with building community. And so I took, I took it. I just was like, I can't pass up this opportunity. And I'm really glad that I did because if I was uh, three months into my journey, instead of six months, this would be a very different story for me right now. Instead, I've been able to build a great set of clients that trust me and that we're working really closely together still through this. In fact, I'm helping them through this. Uh, versus trying to build my brand and, you know, enter into this world while, you know, it's spinning on its, on its axis. So 
I'm really glad that I did that. Um, my work is shifting to helping people get through this uh, and being creative in whatever journey they are with their community. But that's a real big challenge and I'm thrilled that I have the skills to do it. So it's, it's been good. It's been a crazy six months. They are so oh, needed. <laughs> yeah. I can't even imagine just considering that the last month in and of itself feels like it's been a year or so. Yeah. So true. <laughs> yeah. I was just reading something on Twitter the other day about how now is not the time to pivot. <laughs> and yeah. Especially given all of the millions and millions of people who are suddenly on the unemployment market. Yeah. Uh, this Whoever it was was saying, you know, now is not the time to try something new because it's just so yeah. crazy out there. Yeah. But I think what's really interesting is that you're not like trying something new first of all you're doing something that you have a lot of experience in and secondly this is as you said six months into it so you've already sort of established that foundation which is great um but still you're kind of at the beginning yeah. of this entrepreneurial journey of yours which Absolutely. must be really uh even more crazy yeah than it, <laughs> it is but if i pick the right um the right risk and the right set of skills to bring to market at the right time, this is the right time because community is more important than ever. And you've heard a lot of people talking about that on Twitter and on LinkedIn that it's, but it 100% is true. And so if you're trying to make cuts and you're trying as a company to figure out where to double down and have scale and momentum, it's not gonna be cutting community because right. if you do it right, you can do it with scale and you can do it with authenticity and you can do it in a way that people need and want right now more than ever. And it's online and it's and, and it's it's um, flexible. So that's what I'm going with is like, yes, it's insane, but I'm, I'm working double time to try to um, explain that to my clients and to other people that there are other ways that you can shift right now, but don't don't shift your momentum with community. In fact, let's let's dial it back. And um, I was I heard this term. Another community builder gave me this term that right now we're just doing a bag of tactics. It's like we're you're, we're just like skipping over the strategy part and skipping over the roadmaps and alignments and strategic engagements and like we're just going bag of tactics right now because we got to get clients um, working with their customers and engaging with them in new ways. And so that strategy will back into it now. Whereas my expertise has always been building all those strategies, alignments, budgets, resources, roadmaps, and then getting them off and running. Now we're like, okay, hold on that. Let's just go right in. And then we will work out the strategy later. So it, it, we're flipping things on the fly right now. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. I yeah. want to dive into that a little bit more too. And that sort of sets us up really well for one of the questions that we'd had around sure. understanding the ROI of community. And I think yeah. also even understanding what community even really means, you know, we at She Geeks Out, we think of community mm -hmm. in a very different way than I think like Salesforce or other companies sure. think about them and maybe approach things differently. But there's a lot of similarity too and a lot of like, you know, in-person events and ways to engage yes. people online. But when you talk about the ROI, that's strategy what does that actually look like how do you prove value for the community yeah well I want to make one point before I get to that and because you, you said a very very valid point that now um, I have only been at this for six months and my bulk of my experience obviously was Salesforce but um, I now know that almost with certainty hundred percent that community applies to every industry every company size every single thing that you're doing whether it's um, education healthcare retail, um, large SaaS enterprise, it, it applies. And I have a 
I have now a clientele that is very different and they're, they're very, very different in the way you do it and the way you prove ROI or even what the ROI is, but it, the foundational stuff and the playbook hooks and frameworks, they, they really apply. And, um, I just love that now. I love that I can say that with certainty that the way you build community and the way you define community is different, but it's, it's honestly important and valuable to your business, regardless of what you're trying to do. Okay. That's it. I'll try to answer your question. Um, it, so I hate this answer, but it depends. It totally depends. And you know, that's so irritating, but I'll explain. So, um, one thing that I re regardless of whether we're doing bag of tactics strategy or whether we're setting the strategy, the one thing you can't skip over is what you're actually trying to do. So a lot of people don't want to do that step for whatever reason, they just jump right in and then they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And so therefore they cannot measure it. So it's critically important to do the very first thing, the very hard thing to do is divide, you know, define the vision and the values of what you're doing. One thing I took from Salesforce that I love is our, what we call a V2 mom. And Rachel, you might be aware of this since you are married to a Salesforceian, but um, what that means to people that don't understand that is that it, it stands for vision, values, methods, obstacles, and metrics. And it's a defining framework. And there are lots of other things that people do out there, OKRs and KPIs and all the things. But this one I like because it's very focused. And it starts with a vision and then it goes to values. So I do this with clients and I do this with everything in my life where I set the vision which is aspirational, but reachable. And then I work through the values that are gonna drive it. And then I work through the methods in which I'm going to achieve that vision. And it gets very, very specific so that you know what you can then with the M metrics and what you can actually show value. And so I take everybody through this exercise and what I emphasize is to start very small and to start strong. And you can't have everything right at once. But then also while you're doing it, you can have these North Star metrics that you're moving towards, but you can't have those on day one. You have your small measurable metrics as you're marching through towards those big ones. And those big ones are things like alignment to business goals, like uh, whether you're trying to drive down attrition, maybe you have an attrition problem or you're losing customers frequently and you want to try to leverage the power of community to um, get your customers to stay with you longer. Or maybe you have um, a problem with the number of support cases that are coming in. So you might want to leverage the power of community to, to deflect some of those cases. Or maybe you um, are not making enough money and you want to leverage the power of the community to make more money. Um, these are all things that are absolutely achievable and measurable and should be something that you work towards. And then you benchmark that, hypothesize that, and then work towards that, um, towards those methods and um, metrics. So. That's a very long answer, but the, it's important to like put a stake in the ground towards them, say that you want, you want to move and march towards them and then work your way towards measuring them. That is fantastic. We'd love to hire you. <laughs> I am, I am for hire. <laughs> They're like, like, that can be accomplished. <laughs> that can be accomplished. I will give you information on that later. But I mean, you know, it's, and they're, they're, those are big, big goals that I just said. They can also be um, different levels of goals in between there. But regardless, you should have goals. And yeah, um, yeah it's important. And now it's probably even like more confusing than ever. Like you said, everyone's just focusing on tactics, but yeah, I'm trying, cause you know, we think about that too is, and I'm sure every, so many, not every business, but a lot of businesses 
are probably, you know, having much bigger attrition problems than they had before yes. because so many industries have been affected. So yes. how to, how to address that issue. That's sort of like, you know, cauterize the wound a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just trying at this point to figure out like, what are the, what are the things your customers need from you? Um, and it, it could be, and, and trying things. The beauty of community is you can try things mm. and it, people are not accustomed to this, but like you really, you really have the ability to try a few things, test it out. That doesn't work. And then you just shift to the next thing, but <clears throat> doing nothing is not an option. Mm-hmm. You have to really, um, that people are just hungry for that connection right now. And what customers have, what clients have is the ability to gather together customers that have something in common. So they just have to do that. Whether they have a formal community or not, you have something that's bringing them together. So you, you, you owe it to them. That's what you can bring them is bring them together. You might not be able to bring them lots of other things right now, but at least you can do is say, I'll bring you together with other people that are like you, either in your industry or your customer size or your product or like whatever it is. So like do that, get them together so they can at least start connecting. It sounds really basic, but it's, it's what, it's what they can do. Well, it's like the Dory, like just keep swimming, like just keep moving and doing things and engaging. And I I totally appreciate that. Yeah. 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 I have a sort of random question that came to mind as you were just talking. Um, have you ever worked with a client or seen in practice or action where there's been an organization or a company and their community has sort of like gotten away from them where the community maybe has more like self-formed and isn't necessarily informing back those goals and those metrics that you were just talking about? I'm just curious if you've seen that or not. Yeah, I think that comes from a lack of investment in the company. When a community gets away from a company, it's because they're not investing the time to, to nurture and grow it or build strategies for engagement or in bringing insights, creating processes to get the insights back in because they're, they want it. They're going to do it. And so a lot of times what I hear, and I know this isn't the exact question that you're asking, but I bet it's interesting is where I've seen it is in a lot of ideation communities or parts of the community that are um, providing input to, of the product to, to the company. And if you don't manage that correctly, or if you let, you let it get away, uh, there, it's going to get ugly fast and they're going to go do it. They're going to say all the things. So I, whenever I hear like, well, they're going to say negative things, like it's going to get, it's going to be difficult. I'm like, well, that's fine, but they're going to go do it somewhere. So why not say it to your face? Mm-hmm. so that you can actually make some decisions on what you want to do with it and bring it to the company rather than just going off and doing it on their own where you have no no control at all on mm-hmm. on what's um what you can do with that information. So I, usually when things get away from a company is when they're not they they're not focusing on it. It's been deprioritized and so uh, they've given away the keys to the kingdom too much and then it just uh runs off on on their own. So that's that's where I've seen it. Um, because everybody wants a little bit of governance. Everybody wants a little structure and framework in their life, whether or not they admit it. Like my kids, they don't think they want structure, but they do. They need a little, especially right now when they're like running around like, gosh, we all need structure right now. (laughs) Right. And so this is the same thing when it comes to community is that they, they want a little bit of guidelines and I call them bump, you know, like the bumpers on the bowling alley. They want a little bit of that so they can feel like they're getting the most from 
you know, from the company. That is such a great point because a lot of times we, you know, we are very intentional about trying to get feedback from our community. Mm-hmm. And with this, with this current situation, we've, you know, we sort of sent out a blanket like, hey, give us feedback. What are you, what, what, how can we help you? What do you mm-hmm. want? And I'll tell you, n- basically no one has responded. And yeah. I think it's because it's the bumpers. People yes. don't want a wide, like. No, it's too, too scary. Yes. And you know, the, so Rachel, I love that you said this because um, I love quoting my mother because <laughs> it, I used to like be like, oh, I'm turning into my mother, but she, I always, she's not, she's in the dental industry, like nothing <laughs> regarding, but I have, I've sucked so much goodness from that. And she taught me this really wonderful thing that I have done always since I heard it or since it like got into my adult brain, which is when somebody's going through a crisis or a hard time, you don't say, what do you need from me? You just do something. Yeah. Like, so like, so my girl, yeah, like a girlfriend of mine had knee surgery not that long ago. And instead of being like, oh, what can I do for you? I brought her pho, you know, cause nice. I, I love pho and soup makes me happy. And, and she was like, oh, thank you so much. Or, or like she said, I didn't say like, can I help you in other ways? I'm like, I'm going to take you to physical therapy. Like it's hard. Like I just, I was like, I don't care. I'm doing it. You know, and, <laughs> People just have to do something or provide like, this is, I would like to take you or do something. What of these things works for you? Mm-hmm. And, and then like a business example of that happened to me when I left the company, I built this amazing community. They rallied around me in a new way when I left Salesforce in a way that like literally could make me tear up talking about it. And instead of people saying, what can I do for you, Erica, to get you launched successfully, this one individual um, who I just adore. He was like, okay, I work at this company. You helped me build my company. I'm going to build your website, build your marketing plan or, you know, or Bob, I can't remember the third one. Like, which of these things do you want me to do for you? It's mm-hmm. not, it wasn't like, how can I help you? And it was brilliant. He built my website. His team built my beautiful website that I never would have had. And it's just, you don't know what you want to ask for in times of crisis like that. You're like, I don't want to think about it. Just do something. <laughs> Make action. That, actually, that yeah. actually makes me feel better because I went to your website and it was really good. And I was like, damn, that's impressive. <laughs> oh, I, did, I, did, I did not do it. It was by, so Days Works is the name of the company. They're amazing. Their leader is amazing. And, but it's just an example of like, I didn't even know what to ask him for. I really didn't. I was like that. If he was like, what can I do for you? I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. But he's like, here's what my value is to you. I can, I'm great at this, this, and this. I'm like, I'll take that. You know, that's awesome. That's yeah, I love that because I'll love. Also, sometimes, yeah, like you're exactly right. People may not either know what they want or what they could take and use from you, or they may not feel comfortable even asking, right? Because how many times have we been in a position where we're like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, don't worry about it, and it's like, no, actually. If someone just came by and dropped off food like you did with your friend or yeah. built the website or did whatever else, then it's helpful without having to, to sort of have that, yeah. that shame aspect enter into the, the conversation. You're right. so. Yeah, you're so right. People are not good at accepting help. They think it's a sign of weakness, but I wanted to help, you know, and so did he. So it's actually like offensive if I didn't accept his help, you <laughs> know, in a weird way, you can, you can, you can look at it that way. It's like, people, they want to. So just give them, you know, give them the ability and the framework to do it. So you can just reframe it, Rachel, or the way you asked for it. And you like, 
here's, here's how, um, here's some things that we're thinking of. What do you like best of these options or, or something where you're providing them not like green, you know, green feel, but give them a couple of options and guidance. And then say, if there's something we didn't say, that's available too, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We just decided to just do everything. Or do all the things. <laughs> see, see what sticks. <laughs> but, it's, but like, it is critical to ask though, you know, they, yeah. they, um, people love to be, and that's something people forget all the time, weirdly with community is they forget to ask them what they want. So if you are doing if I have no idea what you did, but like, let's say you were going, you wanted to create, um, virtual meetups for them. I have no idea if that's what you did, but like, you could say, Hey, customers, do you want virtual meetups? This is what we're thinking about doing. We're going to do these things. You like that? And they might be like, oh, no, actually what we really want is this. So you've mm -hmm. given them like something to react to. And then they're like, oh, no, really what we want is this. And now you have what you want. Be like, mm -hmm. it's default to like ask because they'll just tell you. They'll tell yeah. you what they want. It's so true. Yeah. It's such a great point. Um, I'm just curious, you know, given, you know, what, what everything's going on um, yeah. in the world today, you know, so much of what community has been is in-person events and now you see, we see all these huge push toward virtual and there's you know we're talking about you know virtual fatigue at this point because mm. we're just constantly staring at a screen um and we're also hearing that this isn't going to let up anytime soon there's probably going to be waves you know over the next couple of years and who knows there might be another outbreak or something else so this doesn't seem like it's going to just be a temporary blip so i'm wondering how you're envisioning community you know in 2021 yeah. Uh, well, I have always um, thought that, and I, I even have things that you can listen and read about before. Because I feel like it's not like, I feel everything I say is going to be like, oh, that's just because it's COVID time. But like, really, these strategies have been my strategies for, for years, mm -hmm. uh, decade, in fact. But so this came before is that the blending is where the magic happens. The blend of online and offline has always been when a company finds that sweet spot, that Venn diagram or like whatever that looks like, that's where magic happens because they create this um, personal connection and they bring that personal connection online and the people engage different when they have a level of respect and they've seen your face and they've met you. They can't hide behind a profile or a username and they treat each other and the company with a different level of respect. So I think it's a blending and, and I know we can't do the blending right now but weirdly, the trend before this time in this pandemic was offline. Online was the before. Everybody was like, build an online community. But weirdly, the trend was shifting to um, going back to in-person connection because us as a society, we've, we crave personal connection. And now we're craving it even more. But like, we almost forgot about that with, the, with this like digital revolution and our kids connecting in different ways. Like we... We forgot that there's a huge value in this intimate personal person-to-person -person connection. And so companies were trending that way. Like all, in fact, I'd say over 50% of the clients that I, I have in the last six months that I'm doing this wanted to build offline chapter programs. Um, now, of course, um, we're, we're not changing that strategy. It's still an incredible thing to connect intimately with people. And so we're just taking that chapter model and figuring out how to turn it virtual. And it isn't like flip, you just turn on a zoom and all of a sudden you're, you're in. So there's new strategies that even I'm having to learn how to create deep connection through a, a zoom like mentality. Um, I'm learning from some incredible partners that I, that I've met 
on different ways you can use things on Zoom, like breakout rooms that are so cool and ways you can use like even your name on the screen to define how you're feeling at the time. Say like, I rename it to be Erica Exhausted. So you know where what I'm bringing to the table where you could get that in person. So there's like all these really cool little tactics that are um, applicable now to turning something that was offline to turn it on um, online. And I think people need to invest in that as a skill. And like you said, Rachel, it's a leadership opportunity because it's not going away and it shouldn't because online provides inclusivity. Not everybody wants to go to an in-person meetup. It's very scary for a lot of people that are um, <clears throat> very introverted or socially is very difficult for them. So giving them an option now to have an online um, opportunity is, is really actually kind of incredible. And so now there'll be this, I think this blend going forward of chapter programs will have in-person options and then they might co-lead with somebody who wants to lead virtual options of that in-person. Maybe the in-person will meet quarterly and the virtual will meet every two weeks and they'll still have that same intimate connection and that creates a better environment for people to, to engage in all different ways. Well, that was a really long answer to your question. No, but that was great. I'm just a fan of all of this and I don't want it. I, I'm, I'm sad what's going on in the world, but I'm happy for what this is going to do for businesses overall and the way, the different ways that people want to engage and it doesn't cut people off in, in ways that they, they did in the past. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really important point too that you bring up that, that you know, what works in person isn't necessarily going to translate beat by beat to a right. virtual and vice versa, right? right. And so it's right. really about thinking about what are your goals and how can you get that in different ways. We actually yeah. love the Zoom breakout feature room as well. So cool. Um, I use it for a lot of my my DEI trainings and people, nice. it just blows their mind. They're like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's so easy. Yeah. And I just get put in a room with somebody yeah. and I'm sitting in front of my computer. <laughs> it is so. so cool. You're right. And they're like, isn't it weird how like you can have, um, I was just in a training where there was probably about 15 people. So all the boxes, all the Brady Bunch boxes. And then uh, they gave us a prompt to talk, to talk to each other. They put us in random breakout rooms and it shifted the mentality immediately. Immediately, we connected with one another in a different way that we did with the 15. And um, it's so it's possible. It's super possible. And I know it's forced right now, uh, but we need to learn and we need to lean into being a little bit janky too and not yeah. being good at this. Like, it's okay to be janky and it's okay to be awkward. Like, it's so awkward and people are talking over one another and like stuff's happening all around them and their backgrounds look different, but like, get over it, try it. And this is going to be the new norm. So this is not a blip. Let's not treat this as a blip because it's actually really awesome. So lean in, feel awkward, feel okay being awkward. Nobody really knows what they're doing. Even the pros don't even know truly what every single thing is going on because there's a whole new population of people that are joining them. Yeah. Oh man. Awkward's our jam. Yeah. We awkward talk, is, talk a lot yeah. about embrace your awkward. There you <laughs> so go. This is all it. in on that. We have the domain name, embraceyouraukward.com. So. Do you? Mm -hmm. Oh, God, that's amazing. <laughs> like, this is, that should be the motto of this time. It's just like embrace the awkward because it, it is. People feel really uncomfortable right now. I don't because I've been doing this for seven years, screen talking to people for seven years, but I did definitely not the norm for people. So it's, totally. it's really, it's really excellent. So good, good on you for getting that domain. <laughs>
we have many, many domain names in all sorts of areas. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You got to get embrace the janky now. Yes. <laughs> Hold on a second. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually you mentioned just now you've been working from home, working remotely for a long time now, even yeah. before you left Salesforce. We were chatting a little bit before we started recording, um, but you were sort of talking a bit about how everyone has suddenly become an expert on working from home yeah. and, you know, 10 tips on working r remotely. <laughs> and you're like, please, <laughs> I'm wondering if you, um, have you shifted anything in the way that you're working or how you're approaching it since all of this craziness has happened, even though you were already in this kind of mentality and format, or are you just like, no, it's just been, been like normal. Yeah. God, that's a really good question. I hadn't really thought about it. And I think the answer is no, I haven't done, I literally haven't done anything different because um, I, what the difference is that I'm now helping other people and that they, yes, they think they have the top 10 tips working from home, but like um, I wrote an entire blog about this. And again, it's like pre COVID, you could see the date on the blog. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote it in, I wrote it in January and it, it was a 10 top 10. Sorry. I mean, like, I know we're all super bored of everybody's top 10 tips, but this was like, mine and i i don't even know why i was motivated to do it i just um i'm proud of where everybody is getting to now and so it they were not your basic ones they were like mine after seven years of doing it these are mine now and um i'll share it if you don't i'll yeah. give it to you after this and you Please. can push it out with this yeah. um but it um now i'm just feeling like i i want to help people through this more than anything and so that's been the difference uh but you know i'm just trying to be uh, a little bit more welcoming now. I think it's really, what I used to think is when I did this, it was a gift. Salesforce, I felt like it was a gift that Salesforce gave me because it was not something even seven years ago that really many people were doing at all. And I was in marketing at the time and we really wasn't happening in marketing. And so I felt like I really needed to prove myself that I was, um, my career was gonna continue to move forward. I was going to stay engaged. I was gonna, um, I treated it like it was a, a special gift. And um, now it's the ironic thing is that now that everybody's doing it, I, I'm like less, I'm loosening up a little bit. I used to be very rigid in the way that I treated things. I, um, I always got dressed. I always made sure that um, I was, you know, had the perfect background and the perfect lighting and, and that I was working those hours. And, you know, that now I'm, I'm noticing that people are like chilling a little bit. So maybe that's the only change is that I chill a little bit more. <laughs> As we sit and here so, in our hoodies. It didn't mean to be judgy. That wasn't. No, 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 no. Every day is different. So. Yeah. And I just, now that more people are doing it, I don't feel like it's a gift as much anymore. It's a reality. Mm. And um, yeah, so I could go into that for a long time because of the different things that I had to teach Salesforce over the years. So those are a lot of the tips that I have is they're just, um, there's a lot of things that happen when you're the only one on the phone or the only one. It, there was no even Zoom when I did it and people didn't use WebEx even very much. So it was often on a, I was the only one like coming out of a polycom and it's like very difficult. So teaching them how to speak into a microphone or introduce everybody in the room or when the door opens, when I can hear a door open and someone walks in and they don't get introduced, it's like so jarring for someone that's on the phone. So it's like, making certain everybody knows who's in the room. Um, even if it's a Zoom, you can't see everything. So like, 
all of a sudden you'll hear a voice and you're like, who's that? You know? And <laughs> so these are things that I've, I've, um, I'm helping now. Now we're all online, but like when people go back to the conference room, mm -hmm. there's new mentalities that people are going to bring with them and new understandings of how hard it is for people that are remote and having to deal with people that are in an office. Um, so all of these things are coming to me and that I'm gathering up and that I'm going to continue to share when people start going back to offices. Oh my gosh. Love it. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Definitely send us that link. Yeah, I will. I will. More, more top 10 lists. Sorry, but <laughs> no, it's no. a good one. It's a good one. Look, they're popular for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And in that blog, got it you know usually my blogs like they're interesting for a little bit and then they drop off you know interest level like anything else but this one it, it continues to be interesting so it's it's good it's getting love a, it. lot, a lot of action I lo love <laughs> yeah. it love it um and forgive me Felicia if I've skipped a question because I'm, I'm not sure if I have but um I was going to switch gears a little bit yeah. and wanted to hear what's what's the big vision for you in this in this whole new world mm. Oh, thanks for asking. Um, yeah. Often I get, I talk a lot about Salesforce still. So it's nice to talk about something else for a while, <laughs> um, even though we haven't really been talking about Salesforce. Um, I, you know, I'm taking it, I'm taking it day by day, but I would say that like, if I thought about a year or two out, um, I, I really want to create some actual accessible playbooks and frameworks that can be um, moved downstream a little bit. Right now I'm working with bigger clients that have the ability to hire me for, you know, <clears throat> for engagements, but that does alienate, you know, a certain set of people that can't afford to work with me. And I want to work with everybody. So I want to create a more accessible set of frameworks and playbooks so that I can work okay. with anyone. Um, so that's a little bit, I have to, I have to establish myself first. I got to pay the bills. <clears throat> so that I want to uh, work on. And um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really think that much more other than that, because my gosh, you know, <laughs> things are changing so fast right now, but I love what I do. And I don't really want right now to have employees. I'm not um, looking to build this like empire of mini Erica's to be doing this. I, I like being the brand right now. I've never done that before. I've only worked for a brand. So I'm, I'm leaning into my brand right now. And I'm leaning into like my brain getting into um, as many different companies as I can to level the boats. That's uh, to raise the boats. What is that saying? Yeah, boats? many boats. Many boats. Rising tides rising, lift all. Rising boats. tides lift all boats. <laughs> I want this industry to be better. That is what I. That was my goal, and so um, I'm just trying to touch as many companies as I can, and I'm trying to do podcasts like this and speak as much as I can and get myself out there so that um, people become better at this because I really do feel like this is a better way to work and um, industries and brands will be happier customers will be happier if they have this mentality to collaborate with one another so that's like my that's my vision my way I, you know aspirational vision is to to do that that's one of the best answers i think we've heard for that's a tough oh. question i think for a lot of people you know yeah so it's great that you're able to articulate that i think that's oh, a great you. vision yeah i had this uh, really wonderful mentor her name is joanna bloor and she helps really get crystal clear on on what on who you are and what you bring to the world and um she's amazing i'll give you a link to her as well yeah. she does these incredible coaching sessions she's much more than that but she is she helped me early on remember what i was excellent at and and how to get that out to the world and like mm -hmm 
get my confidence up that yes, this is something that I can offer. And so she, she's helped me. She helped me articulate some of that. So, and how wonder, how wonderful is it that you, um, that you have found something that you love and that you're good at? I think that's one of the things that people struggle with the most. Oh yeah, that's nice. That's true. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I would love to be, uh, you know, I love candy and I'd love to like open a candy store someday, but like (laughs) the reality is, am I really going to open a candy store? Probably not. I'd probably be out of business anyway right now. But, um, but I, I, I do love this and I feel like you're right. It's nice when you you've honed a skill over this many years that's that's actually makes brings joy to other people and brings joy to yourself. Totally. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit further and mm-hmm. talk about what is your current favorite way to practice self-care? Ooh, that is great. Oh, it's so hard for me because my favorite way to practice self-care is actually I'm a runner. And I, I'm starting to feel more and more guilty about running every day. Um, yesterday, I went out for a little run and I looked around. There was not that many people around and the people that were around were wearing masks. And I thought, this doesn't mean that like, it's a good thing. Like, oh, I can go run because there's not that many people around. It means I shouldn't probably be running either. Like I should probably be in my house um, or I should probably be running with a mask. Yes. Yeah. No, don't, don't say that. Our governor, so I'm in California and our government, yeah. our governor says that, and the WHO says oh, yes. that one of the best ways to make sure that you stay healthy, both mentally and physically is to get to be outside and running. It is. Totally. Okay. And there are plenty of people here in California that are running and there's okay. lots of signs that are like, don't do stationary workouts, but definitely feel free okay. to run. Good. That makes me feel better. I'm not, I'm not as informed. And I guess you just hear these inputs from different people and you get yes. like, and I, and I don't feel like I can run with a mask. It's just like very yeah. hard for me to imagine doing that. So yeah. I'm that's honestly, that's yeah. what I have a, a hard time with is because I feel like <laughs> I was talking about this, I think with Rachel and with my yeah. fiance the other day too, is that just because you run doesn't mean that you're not passing through the same air. So on the one hand, Rachel, your point, yes, a hundred percent valid. But on the other hand, if you're going to run without a mask, I feel like you're sort of defeating the purpose. I know. So like, well, I it depends, a lot of, like, it like, depends I a lot on of, like, where you run biking it, and stuff, yeah. but it's just, yeah. yeah, it does depend of course. And you know, we were just talking the other day about like, or this morning about car culture and you know, if you're able to like hop in a car and go somewhere where there's not a lot of people, that's a little bit different than like running down a busy street. Right. But, yes. Not, you know, not that there are busy streets anymore, but it's so that's, true. There, that's there the thing. Is, are, you can, yeah, you, are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things, you can practice social distancing and still run. Yeah. At least and that's I, the, that's the recommendations that I'm seeing. Yeah. I'll go back and re- reread it, but that, um, and there, and I live in a, an area where there's a beautiful open space. So even in the best of times, it really wasn't a, a, a well-traveled area. So I'll see maybe six or seven people total in, and um, we stay, we give wide berths, but I, um, I'm wondering like, do, am I not seeing people because I shouldn't be out here or, so I'm just switching it up and I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm doing some stuff in my house too, but there's just nothing I, I get all of my, my creative juices flow when I'm running. And I know that that's not the way it is for everybody, but for me, it's where it happens. I always come home and I'm writing notes or I'm, I'm, and often when I was at Salesforce and I had this team, they always knew when I went for a good run, because I'd come back and be like, they'd get like 40 (laughs) emails of just like all these ideas or um, that would just come flowing in. So 
in, or they would, the opposite would happen is if I was not in the good, a good headspace, they'd be like, you need to get out and go for a run because yeah. you're, you, you haven't released that out. Like you need to breathe some fresh air. So, so that's what I'm doing, um, for self-care. And I'm, I, I am going to now try to figure it out. The com- combination of Felicia and Rachel's mentality <laughs> of like, what can I do? Um, but other things I'm doing is I'm, I'm doing puzzles. You know, I do, I love puzzles. I forgot I loved puzzles. And my daughter is actually weirdly awesome at puzzles. I had no idea because we'd never done a puzzle together. And so we have no kitchen table now. It is covered in um, crap on one side and puzzle on another side. And so that's what we do when I have breaks. I'll go out with her and we'll we'll put together a puzzle over the course of a couple weeks time. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'm doing so far. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And one of the questions that we always ask that we love to ask is what are you currently geeking out about that is nothing to do with work or community? Mm, what am I geeking out about? Um, gosh, it's not geeky at all. It's just a weird thing. And I was actually going to write about it today. Um, I have, I've always been, I always read online. Like I, I actually read on my phone, which mm. is weird for a lot of people are like, that's so weird to read. But it was, I travel a lot for work and I just putting a book in my bag or an iPad in addition to all the other crap that you have in your bag when you travel was um, not, it just didn't work for me. So it was either like, don't read or figure out how to read on your phone. But I just did the weirdest thing. I went and I'm reading a book online right now and I went and I bought it. I bought an actual book. And so I, I my geeking out is now I'm like reading a book again, like a, a physical <laughs> book. That's such a weird answer. But, and I even own the book. I bought the book on my phone and then I just bought it again. And then I bought another book that I'm going to read. And um, it's weird for me and I love it. I forgot how much I love holding a book, but I don't have to go anywhere. So it doesn't matter. I have exactly. no, I haven't picked up a purse. When's the last time you picked up a purse? Like, I don't even remember. And um, I was always packing my purse over and over and over again, like week after week. And now I'm like, oh, I just can sit and just read this book. <laughs> and, it, and it also like, I'm going to shut up in just a second after this, but like it also um, is really nice for my kids, for them to see that I'm reading a book. Because I'll be like, oh, no, I'm reading. They're like, oh, are you really reading? Are you scrolling through Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn? I'm like, no, I'm really reading. But now like they really can see like, oh yeah, she actually is sitting and reading because I've got the book sitting in front of me. Any, <laughs> any book recommendations? Um, you know, I, I read kind of um, light hearted yeah. stuff. I don't read. Yeah. So um, no, you don't have to say like Brene Brown. You can know, totally, like, it can I be really like feel... trash. It's totally fine. We I endorse it. <laughs> yeah. The one I'm reading is called Close Enough to Touch. And it's about this uh, young woman that has a very rare genetic disorder that she is allergic to people. So oh, touch, wow. which is actually very interesting right now. Now that yeah. I'm thinking about this, like, wow, nobody's touching anybody right now that much. So that's yeah. very interesting. So it, I'm reading that right now. I, I read books like that. Like they have content, but they're not, they don't make me cry or they're not learning. I'm maybe not learning like a new honing a skill or something. I need a risk. I need escape. Reading yes. is an escape for yeah, me. Yeah, that's totally fair. We I are mean, big fans. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> it's good. So I think those were all of our questions. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us all the places we can find you. Yeah, how can people reach you? Plug for you. 
Yeah, of course. Well, it, the, the good thing is that my name is, um, has far more reach, I think, than even I do sometimes. So it's Erica with a C, E-R-I-C-A, cool with a K, K-U-H-L. And so if you just do a search for any of those combinations, you're going to find all the things. You're going to find <laughs> my LinkedIn, my Twitter is that, my website is that. It's, it's very easy. You just have to remember that my name is spelled Erica with a C because often people think it's with a K. Um, yeah, so yeah, find all those things. I, I'm loving writing these days. I'm doing a lot of writing. It's not all about community. It's sometimes about kids. It's sometimes about random, totally rando things. So um, I have a blog and that's a lot of fun and that's linked on my website. So yeah, just check it out if you want. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Erica. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it was wonderful chatting with you. Thanks to all our listeners for spending some time geeking out with us. If you enjoyed listening, please rate and review us on iTunes. Every review helps. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next interview. And tell all your friends. New episodes drop every Tuesday. (laughs) Check us out at She Geeks Out on all the things. And in case you're wondering what those things are, they are Twitter, Insta, FB, otherwise known as Facebook, LinkedIn, and our website, of course. Bye, Rachel. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia.